that. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast podcast. I just told Scott not to talk, and then I had this coughing fit. So sorry and welcome. Um, we're on recording number three with Ghetto Gear. All right. Um, I wish this mic stood up. And actually, more Ghetto Gear than we uh, had last time, right? Yeah, it's going downhill fast. Yeah, I know. So um, if you hear nothing but Scott, or it sounds like I'm kissing the microphone, it's because I He's am. probably kissing the microphone. I probably am. Do you think God can drop like microphones like he can mana? Well, then they'd break. Oh, uh, that's true. But Could he drop them with fluffy clouds? <laughs> he drops them in bubble wrap. There you go. Like, oh, bubble wrap. Yeah. Let's wake up tomorrow on my porch. There'll be like 20,000 microphones. <laughs> what do I do with all these? Sold up and get an interface. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sorry again. Um, we had, I think I've talked about it briefly. We had a focus right, and it appears one of the channels, and that went out, and... That's after one of our microphones went out. So I'm assuming we've been doing this since when? May, I think we talked about last week. So by the next May, we will either A, have no microphones, <laughs> uh, and the podcast will end forever, well, well, or... You, you did forget about the 20,000 microphones on your front porch option. Oh, yeah, or microphones. <laughs> I'm going to set this mic up on... Some books here. So then would the quail, would that be like, when God sent the quail, would that be him like singing or sending, like I guess it wouldn't be a motherboard, it'd be no. a soundboard? No, that'd be, oh, well, that'd be even better than the interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the interface? Full out. Yeah. I keep, I'm looking at your waveform again, and I forgot that they're switched. Oh, no, I almost dropped the mic. This is going to be funny the moment I do. Oh, it's because you're... <laughs> Oh my! No, wait, wait, too close. Uh oh. Hey, everybody at home, this is this is good listening right here, and I apologize. I gotta move a microphone to untangle it. He is untangling the microphone. I guess he could have muted it, but that doesn't make as much fun of a. I'm back. All right. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I gotta cup the mic. Maybe if I go like this, I look like Kylo Ren. He, he does look like Eminem, uh, except not really. I look like who? Eminem. Well, you know, we got mm-hmm. the same beard. Yeah. Wait, Wait does, does he have a beard? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he retired like five times. Is he still retired or is he back? I don't think uh, I've heard anything from him. That's a good question. <clears throat> One last adjustment and then we'll get into this. All right. I think I'm good to go. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. I think we're on Deuteronomy 7. Um, we ended on 6 and we'll, we'll start on 6 again. Um, our go... No, Don, you can't play with sidewalk chalk. We're, we're in the middle of... He just picked up the sidewalk chalk. I found it on the floor. I kicked it, and I was like, what's these? <laughs> no, I think he's getting ready to, to draw on my walls. That is a, when I, because uh, I do a lot of instruction at work, I, I go to the marker board. I'm like, look, I can't explain it, but I'll draw it. <laughs> and it happens so many times. So, so you should go old school and, like, take chalk. I should, oh, at one of our uh, guys at work, he has a little chalkboard, and if you go in there, he'll have stuff on it. Are you but serious? it's like for him. Oh. Like, that's like the most Still? non-practical oh. I'll, I'll whiteboard it out so I can like not have chalk on my yeah, hands. I cannot have chalk. Chalk just drives me nuts. Do you? Ha- so wait, first of all, you have your microphone turned really funky. Oh, okay. Yep. Hey, oh my gosh, you're louder than before. Maybe it was better that Uh-oh. way. Uh-oh. No, you're good. You're good. I'll okay. just turn your gain down. So now I'm, I'm going down. So this is behind the scenes of the Bokesh podcast. <laughs> With uh, no video. So sorry. So sorry to anybody who had to listen to the last... Three minutes and 51 seconds. Well, we had to have our banter. Yeah, this week it was... I feel like this is louder. 
Is it? This mic up here. It's so like, you turn my mic and yours goes louder? Oh. It gives me a shock. Did you get shocked? Yeah, it's the grounding in the mic. All right. Could just shock my lip a little bit. Right, don't do it again. Okay. All right. So anyway, Don is trying to get shocked <laughs> now. <laughs> All right. It's, so if you don't know this, we're recording this like a week and a half before Christmas. But of what year? Don't tell him. Not telling you. Okay. Um, and I think my mind went on, uh, went to Advent. Mm-hmm. And now it's just sailing, <laughs> sailing away. So uh, I apologize again. Um, yeah, so we are Deuteronomy 7. We ended, we think, with verse 6 last week, but we're going to kind of pick it back up at verse 6 mm-hmm. so you get a little bit of a repeat. Okay. And uh, we'll check out from there and discuss what we go through. So if you want to use that wonderful, suave reading voice that you have, All right. Um I guess quick recap. Um Basically, um, they are going to take over a bunch of nations. Um, It's going to be very clear that uh, um, they did not have much to do with it. And um, when they get there, um, they are to basically... um, Wait, let's rephrase that. They're they're about to go into the land of the promised land. Yes, the promised land. And God reminded them, we read last week that, hey... Um, this is all set into motion and I've already taken care of all this. So, uh, you know, there's like, you know, nothing they did to earn it to get in there. They didn't, they didn't build the houses. They, they, you know, they're going to win battles against armies. They shouldn't win so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then basically they're supposed to uh, bring the Canaanites to complete destruction. Um, definitely not marry them. Uh, definitely make sure that idols don't become a part of them. And now we are at six. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and definitely get rid of the images. Um, so for you are a people. So verse six, for you are a people uh, holy to the Lord, your God. The Lord, your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love for you and chose you, for you are the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those... Uh, with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today. I'm about to repay you to your face. That's like the best (laughs) slam, not slam, or I don't know, that's... That's that's trash that's, talk that, right there. I say that's that's not even just trash. That's like legit. Mm-hmm. Oh that's, yeah. I was gonna say if God says it, He means it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's um. Don't make me come up there. Language. <laughs> well, I was gonna say when people scare, like when people are scared when they just hear the voice of God. Man, imagine playing video games with Him and Him talking trash. Like, <laughs> be, well, <laughs> for God, it's like no point. Like I'm going to beat you here. Like in your video, right. like you'd be like, yeah, yeah, you are because you're God. <laughs> and you, you know the outcome and. Uh, you know, you created the mind that created the game. You know, so like, there would be no. There, oh man, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on my team. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, oh, so you think? <laughs> you, you, you got Keith. Uh, I don't, I don't think that you get to pick God to be on your team. I think God picks you to be on His team. Oh, okay. Now you're going New Testament predestination type stuff, huh? Just, I just read. <laughs> just read it. Um, I can't help it. That's what the Bible says. So anyway, those three Armenians uh, just left the podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> Week after week, we're losing more and more people. See, we've lost the Catholics, we've lost the Armenians, we've lost the Baptists, but we got them back by making fun of the Presbyterians who we lost. At the same time, we lost the English people, and then we lost Australia for a while. Canada, like, is, is Australia a passive back? listener. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're speaking to. Did we lose our wives yet? Uh, so my wife says, "Quote: She needs to catch up." <laughs> That's the same one my wife said. I asked her what episode, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. I don't have a clear answer. I was, uh, actually, I was <laughs> talking to another person I know who said, uh, who we mentioned, remember Tara Boss? Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I still haven't gotten to the one where you guys mentioned me yet. Oh, no. Like, where are you? He's like, uh, I think he said something like, got to get to episode three. I'm like, Bro, I think we mentioned you in two and a half. No. <laughs> No, but we still have listeners. They just uh, aren't the ones who communicate with us. Uh, where were we? I have no clue. Well, now that you guys know, we're worthless. All we're right. We're still listening, and we're on verse 6. At one time, we were worldwide. We had one no, we still, we still okay. are. One, one person in what, Great, can, Great Britain? I, I think it was two. Oh, we had two? Sweet. You know what, but I think you went to college. Oh, and no. I'm not kidding either because I think I know who it is. Oh, oh okay. So you know the person then. I have internet friends. <laughs> so, so sad. I got, I got some friends on the internet. In wow, Don. I'll tell you where we are in a second. All right. Uh, see, you thought you were past the banter. Boom. <laughs> Maybe. Your internet's slow today, man. Is it really? I haven't used it yet today. I just got home not that long ago. Uh, but it is spectrum. I think we're always Would slow. Be, no, no, it means you're fast when you don't want to be. Oh, I don't know. Like, I never oh, get. Look up that Wikipedia article. Oh my gosh, I was fast. Let me stream this. Oh dear. I don't know. Well, after uh, what you call it goes through. Actually, that was supposed to go through tomorrow. It might not be as bad as you think. Really? Yeah. The certain people want you to think it's bad because they would not benefit from it. Oh, okay. Okay. But. Uh oh. Oh. We have a download in Ghana. Ooh! All right, we had a Man, new that's continent. We still have United Kingdom. Uh, okay. Over the last month, we had thirteen downloads from the United Kingdom. Whoa, thirteen! Which I think we only have like thirteen episodes. All right. So, the All United right. States. Woo woo! Oh, wait, what's the time on this? Oh, just in December, we had a hundred and nine from the U.S. Wow! So, U.S. is killing it, y'all. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Ghana, United Kingdom, U.S. That was it for December. So. All right. There you go. Oh, I'm proud of Ghana. Yeah, in Canada, we had 13 all time. Really? And Australia, five. Hey, I might. Oh, come on, New Zealand, you bunch of bums. Where are you? No, Ze- no New Zealand? Uh, we do have the Netherlands. One person mistakenly downloaded our podcast from the Netherlands. How do you know it was mistakenly? I mean, found our podcast and listened to one and said, <laughs> never again. I'm oh. so here. All right. Uh, yeah, that's our numbers, man. All right. Um, I'm doing math here. In December alone, we've had about <coughs> 350 downloads. Okay. 
So yeah, we're not we're not horrible. Okay. So y'all aren't alone. You listening to us? You're not alone. Completely. Anymore? Well, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if we don't say anything stupid, um, now that we wasted six minutes, <laughs> um, just goofing about around, Jesus right? Jesus for about three. See how are we going to get through seven when we do stuff like that? Uh, All right. So sorry. Most of what we do is not planned, other than we read the Bible. Okay. Yeah. So, um, verse six, um, I really liked what it said about verse six. It says, where you are a people holy to the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of the people who are the, uh, out of the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And I loved what, um, um, Christopher Wright had to say, um, the word, or I guess for treasured uh, possession, it was Sugula, um, S E-G-U-L-L-A, with a little thingy thing over the A. And uh, it says, This word was used for the private treasure of a king who owned everything else as well, but valued his personal possessions um, particularly. And I thought that was just kind of a, a cool thing to think about when you're thinking um, God thinking of, thinking of us as his treasured possession. Which is kind of another cool insight. Like it's... Uh, yeah, if, it, if we say, oh, it's our treasured possession, it could be something ridiculous, but that kind of gives more weight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, I mean, treasured possession, okay, I mean, that sounds cool either way. But when you think of it from that perspective, that, that that's kind of fun to, to think about. What I, what I really, I mean, just digging on verse <clears throat> 6, what I really admired on it and what I really, not admired, but what I, I, I really found fascinating was, um, so in your Bible, we've talked about this before, but if this is your first episode you know uh that capital l-o-r-d that you see in there is representative of the unpronounceable name of god so if you see that l-o-r-d with that like all caps um it's showing that that name that's that's personal the one that we talked about a few weeks ago was the name that was like revealed to god's people um first before it was revealed to anybody else and um, it's repetitive in this verse. So you are people holy to the Lord your God. So you are people holy to Yahweh your God. And Yahweh your God has chosen you a people for his treasured possession, which links into what Christopher Wright was saying, that you're saying is that once again, there's like this personal, this, this verse is immensely personal, but I think that like without knowing, um, or w- without knowing that those pieces, it, it's a little bit harder to take it on a personal level because a lot of times you you read through something like this and it sounds more like something that might come out of like what, what was that that cartoon movie of Moses, um, Prince of Egypt, Prince of Egypt. Okay, right? I, was, I was like, is it King of Thieves? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> That's Aladdin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Prince of Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of think that it's like gonna have that like commanding God voice that mm-hmm. like. Like, you are the holy people of the Lord your God. Like, like you kind of get this, like, air of um, impersonal decree. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the verse is, like, immensely personal. And it, it, it's, it's like you going to your child and being like, you know, you are a treasured being to me, your dad. Um, it, it's not that you know, that cold off distant, like voice out of heaven sounding verse. Well, he goes back to, to you are the fewest of all the people. Um, so once, uh, once again, going back to, to what he talked about earlier, 
in verse one, um, when, when he talks about um, these co- uh, countries are, are more numerous and, and mightier than you, um, reminding you that, that or reminding us that, that it's, I don't know. We're we're nothing special, and, and I don't think God's <laughs> trying to say, "Hey, you're nothing special." I mean, no, not, a, no, no, not at all. A treasured possession is is not a not the context of nothing special. We're putting the context into <clears throat> creation. Mm-hmm. We see that we're made in God's image, and we read all throughout the scriptures that there is something special and mysterious and lovely and wonderful about our creation. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Didn't mean and, I, and I guess maybe think if if you maybe think of it from a fame perspective, like. I don't know, people desire to, to have that fame um, and maybe that's what they feel they need to be loved, but God loves us anyway. I mean, he loves us because of, I don't know. So I'm, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking out loud right now. Know. No, 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 I think you're right. That hits on some prime. And we talked about, I mean, once again, you're you're looking at this. We, we don't know why God chooses us. Um, we don't really know why God chooses Israel because when we look at, like all the evidence right here in this section, you're the you're nothing. You're a smaller number. I, I mean, the the resume is basically like you have no work experience. Um, you don't have a a great background. You don't have connections. So uh, why don't you have this? You know, be my people. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna make you CEO. Right. Like, wait, what? What did I do? <laughs> deserve any? You know, there there is no no meeting the qualifications here. Mm-hmm. And and but but then he goes on and reminds us. Um, let's see, blah, 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 people, you are the fewest of all people. So you are the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you, and I, I just lost my my spot. Uh, because the lo- Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that He swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So, just a reminder of the type of God who he, he the type of God he is, the type of relationship he he has with his people. Um, and if we obey his commands, I mean, um, God will continue to be faithful. I mean, I think that's a pretty cool thing to think about a God who who is faithful. He was faithful to those he made the promise to. Um, he's continually faithful now. Um, and if we keep his, his covenant. Um, and to keep his commands, then then he will continue to be faithful to, to a thousand generations. Um, that's kind of a big deal. Well, also, if you look at I, I like that it's like he keeps his promise with gusto. Like, he, he's like, um, but it is because the Lord, he's saying because Yahweh loves you, and it's keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the that's like the image of like, you know, we could even put that in the image of our salvation today. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, captured, captured by sin, it, it, you know, and God came in and like kicked the door down <laughs> and like, you know, like throttled the Pharaoh or, thr- you know, and said, you're coming with me and like rescued you like Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. If Liam Neeson was the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> you, you know, like, it's just like such a. It's once again. I just keep getting that that big personal God, that that father imagery that we see so many times in in scripture, and just like magnifying it to be like, man, do we realize like what he is and what he can do and what he does for those he loves? Mm-hmm. Like it's just such a, I don't know. It it's so much more 
personal. I have no other word. I need a thesaurus. All right, it's personal. More, it's more personal than we think it is. It's more <clears throat> enduring, more loving, mm-hmm. more heroic, mm-hmm. more amazing than what I think a lot of times when you read scripture, you come away with. Well, and, and when you think Old Testament, this isn't the type of God that people envision Old Testament. I mean, oh, right. uh, I mean, what, he spent maybe a lime on complete destruction of those that are ungodly, and then he spends, you know, <clears throat> a ton of verses saying, here's how much I love you. Um, I, I mean, again, that, that's kind of contrast to, I think, what a lot of people think when they think of Old Testament God, Oh, he's so mean. Well, well, not really. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that's really not the picture he we was get. The mighty spider. Um, and even during those times that that Israel is punished throughout the Old Testament, there's always redemption and restoration, and I mean a, a God who continues to save, just like we see in the Old, New Testament as well. Well, and it's a so we get a um, uh, right or wrong. A lot of times we can put on. In the Old Testament, it's almost like we're zoomed out a bit more. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing like an overview of a lot of people. We're seeing an overview of a people group of Israel. And then when we get into the New Testament, it's like we zoom in a little bit more and we get more of these one-on-one reactions between Jesus and his disciples or Jesus mm-hmm. and the crowds or Jesus and the Pharisees. So when we like zoom out and we see the that big overall picture, we see God moving in big sweeping overtures like, wiping out a nation and we see that in three sentences you know we see these battles happen in you know six verses and and then they went into there they killed everybody they came out with the spoils and this is what happened or Mm -hmm. they went in there they went to battle and they lost and came back with their tails between their legs and it's really quick and it looks like a big whoop done Mm -hmm. but if we were to zoom into those battles and get individual (coughs) stories things might look different um, we see Jesus at that zoomed in. It, we could, you know, you could write that story quick. Mm-hmm. And it could be like Jesus came and then like, you know, if you just said he was mobbed, the people killed him and crucified him and put him on a cross. And then you stayed zoomed down. And you said, but when revelation comes, God's going to come and wipe out all of his enemies. It would look very Old Testament to you. Mm-hmm. It, you just got to take the time to like read and get that that level of what's going on and not... Mm-hmm let these broad sweeping statements be what directs you. Yep. And and, I th- and 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 people people myself included I mean at times get caught up on on, on a small piece and forget the larger story and the bigger picture that, that's being communicated. Um, and, and the thing is, is, is really the Bible is just a gigantic narrative of how God is, uh, how God works through his people and continues to do so. Um, and the message between the Old Testament and the New Testament are, are the same. Um, you're seeing a, a God having a personal relationship with with his people um, in the Old Testament where we see it from a national perspective and from the New Testament we see a very similar or almost the exact same story um, from the perspective of how God deals with us individually or as his people being the church, um, not necessarily a nation anymore. And that's kind of what I was saying when we we got into verse 8 there for a minute was like that whole uh, look at um, the way that uh, we we could equate being enslaved to Egypt to Pharaoh. We could equate that and draw that into a picture of us being enslaved. Don't yawn. It's not Sorry. that hard. man. Dogs. <laughs> um, we could equate that to uh, being uh, in our own bondage and sin, mm-hmm. um, and God coming in to rescue His nation 
once again with gusto, like the Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk destroying the kidnapper, you know. Um, we can equate that to our being rescued and being saved from our sin mm-hmm. with that same mighty hand, uh, you know. So there, it, it is very similar. It's, and it's not that hard to draw the, the lines between the two. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, you know, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but we're a bit of a Bible illiterate generation i think that we have a lot of like new testament only christian what do they call red letter christians mm-hmm. you know uh, they don't want to take the time to put into you you're nicer than i am because i would go even further than heretics even further away from new testament um new testament churches i think we're more good self-help lesson church or churches oh, yeah. where yeah, that's true you know we we don't know that much we we, we get a good self-help lesson on sundays but but that's about as far as our faith goes, and, and we don't take it home and study it, and, and our churches don't teach it and, and encourage it in any way. And, and that's, uh, that, that is definitely a very general, um, stereotypical um, belief of, of the church as a whole, but unfortunately you just see it more often than, than good scriptural teaching. Or well, the, ones that, uh, the churches that sell the, big, the, the books you see in a popular Christian bookstore are the ones that tend to be more that self-help focused. Um, or they, they've got that niche, that business, Willow Creek. It's mm-hmm. a bit, your church and life is a business. Here's how to run it. We just lost people from Chicago. Is that where Willow Creek is Other Willow Creek uh, churches. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's, I mean, there's, and listen, Christian, if you're out there and you're like, man, my church, it's like that. It's like we talk, you know, like, don't lose hope, one. Um, Maybe your church is approachable and you can try and be that, you know, agent of the gospel (laughs) in your church and try and make some changes and disciple some people, start some Bible studies. Um, if you're looking for a church currently or you're not part of a body or whatever, like we live 20 miles from each other mm-hmm. and I don't mean to speak out of place, but your church, you're, you're satisfied with the teaching, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, And my church, very satisfied with the preaching that goes on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in self-help church capital of the world, I would argue. I would definitely agree with that. Southern Ohio is very, very mm-hmm. loose. Um, so don't don't lose heart. Like you know, shoot us an email. We'll try and help you get connected in your area. We we know some stuff. And and we'll and listen to some podcasts for you. And 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 you can't uh, give your entire spiritual growth to the church as well. I mean, um, some of that is is on each one of us individually to make sure that they're. Yeah. We're, we're having that intimate relationship and, and time and, and study and in God's word and, um, you know, yeah. making sure that we take time to listen to Deuteronomy and your podcast. And yeah, that is what I meant by like maybe you're that solid Christian in your church, one of the few, and you can help teach others and raise others up like, you know. But we're off. Yeah, we're off of the Deuteronomy stuff. All right, so, so we can, we Deuteronomy. Can I get off my soapbox. Deuteronomy 12. Through potentially 16. And because you listen to these rules and keep and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your wine and your oil, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock and the land that he swore to your fathers to give to you. 
or to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock. And the Lord, the Lord will take away from you all sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew, will he inflict on you. But he will lay them on all who hate you. And you shall consume all the peoples that the Lord your God will give over to you. Your eyes shall not pity them, neither shall you serve their gods, nor that, uh, or for that would be a snare to you. So, I guess, uh, so what'd you get from that? Uh, first of all, nine there. That no, mm-hmm. that no is the no. That's the uh, same no as in Adam knew his wife. Oh, no. wow. That's a, it's an intimate invitation. It's, a, it's an invitation to know God. It's not a, uh, like, it's not a go to the library and read a book about cats and then say you know cats. It's get a cat, spend time with it, pet it, find out if you're allergic to it, get to know it. It's that kind of invitation. And which verse was that in? Chapter 9. Or chapter, chapter 9. All right. Uh, wow. Woo! Uh, verse 9. Uh, it's very first word. Know therefore oh, okay. that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That that no is an invitation into the intimate. Okay. Okay. Like, like you know, like get to know. You should know more than just like knowing. Well, and going on to 12, it's kind of a reminder of that covenant where it's, it's kind of a two-way street. Um, so if that is going to happen, um, there, there's two parts to play there. There's our part and there's God's part. Um, I, I think we find out through scripture and, and actually through the verses previous um, that, that God is a faithful God. So he's obviously going to hold up to his part of the covenant. Um, but in, in verse 12, it says, and because you listen to these rules and keep them and or keep and do them. So ultimately our part of the covenant is to listen to the rules, um, to keep and do them. And then God's part, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. Um, so it's kind of a two, pie- two pieces to that relationship. Um, in order for a covenant, a promise, a treaty, or anything like that to happen, you need both. Go back, go back to that treaty structure of Deuteronomy. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, because what well, doesn't it take on like some of the ancient Near Eastern Cesarean treaty treaties. structures? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a chart somewhere I was going to show you like three weeks ago. Oh, I was going to say that would be something uh, we could put on our, our Facebook or our, our, our something or hey, that's, our that's SMART. Yeah. You're smart. What, 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 is, uh, what did that spell? SMART. Just kidding. Smart. Smart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Smart. 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 Yeah. All right. Sorry. So anyway, so we, we got our, so, so there's two parts to that covenant. Um, and then what I thought was, it was kind of interesting is, is, is he kind of went on talking about that. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the ground and your grain. And he goes on to all these different blessings where ultimately um, the, the people of Canaan, uh, would they would look to the gods of Canaan to, to go ahead and deliver all of these things that are that are being promised if if you hold on to the covenant um, that, that, that is kind of described here and so the Canaanite gods can't fulfill these however um, it's talking about how Yahweh will be the one to go ahead and fulfill these promises um, so I thought that was kind of kind of interesting as as we were kind of going through that. What, like, I guess I kind of miss, like, what makes it, 
interesting. Well, because God's promising what all the other gods have not been able to fil- fulfill. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I guess, though, I did have a question. So, so what does this mean? Like, I, I read a couple different things. And, and although these are promised, those things still, I, I mean, they still existed. Um, is it because they, the God's people, the Israelites, were not able to hold on to their, to their part of the covenant, um, that they didn't see these things fulfilled? Um, is it one of those things that, that it's a promise for the future that um, we will go ahead and, and see these things fulfilled um, when we eventually make it to heaven? Um, is this even a promise at all? What, what, what's kind of being talked here? So, so like we have this covenant, there's this two-way street, we keep God's commands, um, and God keeps his covenant and, and his steadfast love, and, and he also will bless the, the fruit of their wombs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is all the things that, that the Canaanite gods um, have not been able to fulfill, and, and yet Yahweh um, promises to go ahead and fulfill these things and, and to give them um, their needs and more. What, what, um, what, what is kind of your take and understanding of that? We should do more show prep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell me yours first while I take a quick read over (laughs) I didn't know. That's what I was asking. So like what's your if you're summing up your question, your question is So why like why did we not see this? So why do we fulfilled? Yeah, so what okay, so he will I think it's an immediate promise. Huh? I think that promise is immediate to the covenant. To that covenant right there then? Yeah. Okay. So I think uh, Israel is going to break it. Okay. So they're be- going to they're going to break it right after they get across the river. They're going to break it in the second battle when they're ready to overtake the second group of people when they get across the river. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, you know, they they're, they're going to break covenant real quick. And then they're, they're going to stumble and break it more and more and more and more. So because we broke our part of the covenant, that's why we don't see whoa, those whoa, things. Don't put me in Israel. No. <laughs> that's why we don't see those things fulfilled. So so how does that fit within a 2018 context? Is that one of those things that, that does it transfer to to our, our 2018 context or, or our current day context where um, is this a promise for the future where... Um, when it comes to, I don't know, eternity or heaven? Is this something that was just meant for them at that immediate moment? This is where, so if you take a look at like kind of a covenantal look at theology, mm-hmm. um, our covenant that we're in in 2018 as Christians is different than the covenant they were in back in, I can't think of, would this have been 1500 or am I too far back? Um, I don't know. But I'd say you're probably somewhere within. My Bible degree a, a says ballpark. I should know this. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- um, this is a covenant between God and His people. For you know, it's conditional on keeping Israel entering the land, et cetera, et cetera. It's all these these uh, pieces put in place around what they're about to do. Um, as we know, that covenant breaks. Uh, there, I, I was it. One of those smart professors talks at college talks about how in the Abrahamic covenant, there are promises made to Abraham. Um, and when he splits the animals in half and walks between them, mm-hmm. uh, check that in Genesis. Don't have the reference. <laughs> um, the uh, symbolism in that kind of oath or that kind of covenant uh, 
was if anybody breaks that part of the covenant, um, let him be ripped apart like these animals. Mm-hmm. And we can see that, or if anyone changes the, uh, the stipulations of the covenant, and what we see is Israel get ripped apart. You know, they get decimated by the Assyrians, Babylonians, etc., um, because they fail to uphold their end of the covenant. And then Christ comes in and changes the terms of the covenant. He fulfills it, which alters the, the terms a bit. And he ends up being ripped apart and put on the cross because of the change of the covenant. So if you want to look at it, I don't know how far I reach into that. I thought it was kind of an interesting view on mm-hmm. that. But if you want to look at it, there's definitely a difference between this covenant, between God and Israel, and what's what we're looking at between us and God today. Mm-hmm. And that, that not that the covenant was voided or anything, but that the, the covenant's different. I, don't, I need to read a book on covenant theology. Okay. I have one. Okay. I've had it for like eight years. Is it a good one? I don't know. I have already. Do they have an audio book? Probably. Okay. I'll look it up. All right. So anyway, so I was just kind of posing that question, which I mean, I mean, I was curious again. I, I just thought it was cool that that he's promising the things that the, that the Canaanite gods could not, um, and he's already done things that that the Canaanites have Canaanite gods have never been remotely even close to being able to do. Um, and so Yahweh continues to come through to go ahead and fulfill or 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 make promises that that. Um, these gods were not able to fulfill. Sorry, paperback only. <clears throat> paperback only? Not even on Kindle. Really? I own the paper. Well, I it, I borrowed it from somebody, mm-hmm. but they still have my books. Oh. Plural. And I still have this one of theirs. Okay, that's fair. So, Clayton Wyland, if you're out there, okay. I want my books back. Well, but not, I need to borrow yours a little longer. So, you need to wait. <laughs> um, all right. So, do you have anything else to say about that? Or is as you were. No, no, I think that's that's kind of my the only real point. Let me see really quick. No, I think that's kind of my only point on that was in answering your question, really. Um, I talked about knowing God. I talked about the personal nature of this. Um, a lot of this language in this section is very common in the Old Testament. Um, and I kind of hinted at it before regarding basically any promises, covenants, relationships. So how far did you read down? I can't recall. Uh, to 16. Okay. Oh, man, I'm over here checking notes on 17. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. How about we go there? Wait, let me see. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, j- I just had a lot of questions on that last one. I was hoping you had uh, some more answers, but after you hey, I gave your... you the best answer. Okay, good deal. <laughs> I, I believe that we are our stipulations are different than Israel's. Okay. And they blew theirs in the past. Okay. So. Very cool. All right. And we blew ours in the future, so we need Jesus. To right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. 17 and to the end of 7, so that'd be through 26. If you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I... How can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. 
the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So will the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send hornets among them until those who are left and hide themselves from you are destroyed. You shall not be in the dread of them, uh, for the Lord your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will... Clear away these nations before you little by little. You may not make the end of them at once, lest the wild beasts grow too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will give them over to you and throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. And he will give their kings into your hand, and you shall make their name perish from under heaven. No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. The carved images of their gods you shall burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them or take it for yourselves, lest you be ensnared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. And you shall not bring in an abominable, abominable, What a thing (laughs) into your house and become devoted to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest and abhor it for it is devoted to destruction. So we were just talking about the Israel blows it. Mm -hmm. Um, Achan in the city of Ai Mm -hmm. goes in there, smuggles some of the stuff out, buries it in his tent. Dude, right. That's the second battle, right? Yeah. Second or third. It's pretty close to the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, exactly what we're talking about. They're going to go in there and, you know. Well, I mean, spoiler alert. I think Moses even ends his book saying, blah, 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 blah. Here's all the great things. By the way, you're going to mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good luck. I'm going to go see it. I'm up gonna the go, mountain and die. Right. I was going to say, I'm going to go die now. <laughs> Good luck, Joshua. Have fun. Yeah. Um, Dude, I wonder if he's like relieved. <laughs> and here's the keys. No takesy backsies. <laughs> Adios, I'm going to go be with God. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, I mean... What no, I, I mean, uh, God... <clears throat> okay, here's the return of Old Testament God, as mm-hmm. some of you like to say. Um, he says, go in there, destroy. Don't take anything for yourselves. L- leave no stone unturned. Um, freaking hornets, man. I don't mm-hmm. like things that sting. No. We'll hunt out and destroy, like so on and so forth. Um, and they're not going to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I think it's a pretty simple command. And and I don't think, does he really tell you to kill everybody in this part of it? Well, he told uh, it earlier, so well, you're supposed to get rid of everyone. Let me see where that... But but come on, like, taking their gold and silver? I mean, just because you... I mean, God just told you not to. Just don't. Uh, 20? Moreover, the Lord your God will send hornets among them until those who are left and hid... Or sorry, hide themselves from you are destroyed. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So, All right, so destroy everybody. But yeah. but again, um, if you're wanting to get rid of the corruption and the idols and the things that are causing them to not live the best life ever, then then why not? You know, it's one of those that if God has called us to a certain way of living, and if that certain way of living is good and better than what the world and culture offers, then really the only way to fully get rid of it is to, well, fully get rid of it. Um and I think that's ultimately what he wants is he wants a, a holy nation that can be that that example to the rest of the nation so that he can fulfill the promise of uh, of Abraham to make him a father of many nations. Um, when we talk about in the, the beginning of Deuteronomy, when he says the, the people are going to look on you and see that what you do is good, 
I mean, I think that's one of the, the ways that to, to, to make sure that um, that God's people are, are being that, that, that separate holy nation that, um, that he desires, that he talks about, and that he wants a relationship with. But I think at the very beginning, um, so one of the things that, that kind of hit also that I thought was pretty cool is it says, if you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid to them, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. So I've got like, remember, um, <clears throat> I've got remember kind of circled in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I kind of was thinking that, that this, this kind of helps bring us, connect us with God's story as a whole, um, because we, we can ultimately remember how God has dealt with Israel in the past. Um, we can remember the many things, at least for me in my life, I can say God has done a ton of incredible things. Um, I can remember how God has worked through those and how God continues to work. So, so in those times when, when I ultimately hold that disbelief, um, those times where um, I, I wonder how um, I'm going to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, it, it's remembering that, that I'm part of God's story. It's, it's remembering the things that ha- God has done throughout history for his people um, and that God has done, that God continues to do. Um, and so remember became kind of the... The, the big focal point in my notes, it became the focal point in my Bible, um, and, and really kind of became the focal point in some of my thoughts this week as I was like, uh, uh, how, how am I going to deal with this situation? Or I'm in the midst of it, and I'm, I'm frustrated going, wait a second. God is faithful. He has always been faithful. And oh, wait, he was faithful yesterday. Wait, I think he was faithful like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I seem to, qu- I, I seem to uh, do a worse job than Israel, where I, I seem to forget sooner than they do. And I think remembering is a, I don't want to say a piece, but yeah, I guess like it's a piece of what our faith is, is remembering. It's a tool for our faith. I guess I can put it that way. Uh, it helps us to, like you're saying, draw in the past when God was your comforter in that hard situation or when he pulled you through something or when something didn't go your way, but and you didn't understand it, but like you knew God was still with you. Mm-hmm. Like remembering that kind of stuff is what's again, I guess it's like an important tool for our faith. Absolutely. And we're commanded. I mean, over and over again, Moses is saying, remember, remember, mm-hmm. you know, that's what De- Deuteronomy seems to be centering around is Moses recalling, Hey, when you're in Israel and this happened, when the, when the plagues happened, when we crossed the Red Sea, when there was food given to you, when there was a pillar of cloud, when there, you know, remember, remember, remember mm-hmm. over and over again. Yep. That was it. Yep. Okay. You just give me that one. <laughs> you done, you done? All right. <laughs> so remember. Yeah. I think that that end piece is important. That's what I was trying to, I was trying to see. I thought I had a better section on, but um, wiping out all the, have a phone call. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, Ayla right. um, <laughs> uh, wiping out even the gold that was like adorning the idols mm-hmm. was like basically ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, there was still a uh, a need to destroy it and get rid of it. I thought that was kind of a uh, when you hear that, you're like, well, what harm does that metal have, or what harm does it like? Why can't we use that for something good? But it's like if your belief system is it that metal did something that mm-hmm. piece of earth did something that stone did something at one time you could start attributing your good fortune to it mm-hmm. um and if you don't believe me like let's look at some of the stupid things four leaf clovers rabbit's foots you know mm-hmm. rabbit's feet 
whatever they are. Rabbit's foot. Wait, is that even popular anymore? Kids? I have no yeah. clue. Like good luck charms, things like that, mm-hmm. that people have like said, well, it must have been that. Well, isn't there like you, know? you throw something over your shoulder or you knock on wood or... Knock on wood, yeah. I mean, are those the, those things also yeah, where it's like saying, uh, put, superstitious? Yeah, don't let that in any way shape you. Put that to death. Don't, don't have it around so that you remember, you know... Um, Less ensnares you, kind of thing. So I think it's so easy. Like it's so easy to allow the culture to. It's so easy to get engulfed in the culture. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, I kind of get why he wants to get rid of everything and cause everything to complete destruction. Like, I I mean, the world that I live in on a day-to-day basis. I don't live in a church building, and, and I spend probably what, 2% of my life in a church building? Mm-hmm. And the rest of it I live within, um, I mean, w- within the culture, within the stuff that that really is is abominable, 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 abominable to yeah, God. <laughs> and and it's one of those things where, where how easy is it um, or how easy can it be to start accepting even just pieces of, of, of our culture that, that can very easily lead us away from God or that can take our thoughts or that can get credit for things that, well, that God has done. Yeah, let's look at this in a, in a practical way. Let's say you're addicted to an idol or you're worshiping at the idol of, you know, um, like people-pleasing, mm-hmm. uh, approval of man. <clears throat> so you have a, you know, a carefully curated social media account that makes you look good. You know, we'll pick on Facebook, my favorite. And so everything on there is, you know, set up, makes you look like the best dad, makes you look like the best husband, makes you look like the best whatever, best employee. Everything on there is just how awesome you are. Um, so God says, put your idols to death. You know, destroy them. I don't even want a hint of it. So in this context, that would mean deleting the bookmark, deleting the app, Maybe deleting the history, maybe getting rid of the cell phone, <clears throat> getting rid of the computer, taking internet out of your home. It's going to that extreme because idol worship is that serious mm-hmm. of an offense. It's not taking a little weak approach and saying, well, I deleted the app, so I'm okay. It's like, well, and then when I'm alone and in need, I just whip out my phone and put in www.facebook.com so, and so get back into my idol. So what does that look like in our culture? I mean, if, I think I just told you. Well, okay, but okay, that that's that's partially good and all, but not either. And and here's here's my 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 slight argument with that, where we still most jobs need the internet. Um, most most of the time, we we I mean, if we're going to make an impact as Christians in the world, um, some of that stuff can be used in order for 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 good now now obviously can definitely be used for bad as well um but but how is it that that we call our culture or not our culture but but some of these things to complete destruction um oh sorry while at the same (laughs) while at the same time where where obviously we give credit um to god for everything that we have um but at the same time if i didn't go to work um I, i wouldn't have money not to say god couldn't provide or those people that I get the opportunity to reach on in a day to day basis. Let's say you work. So let's say so the internet is becoming like the phone line or mm-hmm. becoming like the uh, <clears throat> uh, becoming like electricity. 
Like it's it's such an integral part of our lives. But so let's say like let's go deeper. Facebook might sound trivial. So let's say you've got a pornography addiction, and but you have to do work from home. So you have to have internet access. What do you do? Well, you, you've got to put appropriate safeguards in place. And you've got to have accountability in place. You might have to have, oh, what are some of those, like the accountability softwares, mm-hmm. uh, Covenant Eyes, stuff like that, placed on your stuff. You might have to have you know a dump of your router going to your wife's phone or your pastor's phone or whatever, email box. Um, you might have to set hours from you know 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., while I'm at work, the internet's on. After that, the router turns it off, and it takes a password that only somebody else has to turn it back on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to take it serious, if but let's say in reality you don't do a lot via, you know, internet. You, it's it's a play thing for you. It's mm-hmm. not a work thing, uh, or whatever. Like maybe you get the hipster flip phone. You know, maybe you don't pay Spectrum to have it. Same thing. Like you know, maybe you don't have on-demand TV. Maybe you don't pay that. You know, that monthly bill, you, you save money and you, you know, <laughs> preserve your holiness mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, you know, same, it would be the same with alcohol. You're an alcoholic. You don't like you, you can't drink without getting drunk or you sin while drinking. Now, you can't have it in your house. You can't go buy it. You got to make sure that you're set up that when you go to a friend's house, they know and respect that. They don't have it around, you know, so on and so forth. OK, I I. I it sounds extreme. It sounds almost like a Puritan talking, but I think that's something that you might, you know, we we should probably take a serious look at. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it, it's it's hard because I, I definitely see why God would call the these idols and, and the Canaanite gods and and their Asherah poles and all of those things. I can very much see why God calls those things to complete destruction because again, it's so easy. For I mean, really, I guess we used this term a while ago for for Christianity to become a Canaanite Christianity and for aspects of the culture that are ungodly to become part of your faith and part of what what you're claiming Christianity, but but is far from how God wants us to live, which I was actually just thinking we're like it calls the calls you to destroy earlier in seven, the Asherah poles and the what was the penis thing, Um, The the stones but in all reality, seems like that culture was just as obsessed with sex and sexual type things as our own culture is. Um, so I, I like to rip on people who are sports fans. Like I'm a sports wait, fan. I was gonna say, like, wait a second. Like I, I like I like sports, but like, um, you know, there are people that won't step foot near a church on a Sunday, uh, or they'll say things like, "Oh man, I just can't find time to read my Bible." And then you're like, you're like, so how's your fantasy team doing? And they, they can recite the stats from, you know, 40 different players from 40, that'd be too many teams, 30 different teams, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever happens to be. Um, they can tell you how well they do on a rainy day versus a sunny day. They can tell you who the next opponent is, how that opponent is better against this guy than that guy, and so on and so forth. But when you ask them what's the contents of Ephesians chapter 5, they got no answer because they have no time to read their Bible. Mm-hmm. They had time to pick up all the sports stuff, all the stats, but they had no time to like you know meditate on Scripture. So how serious do you get about it when you realize sports is your idol? Do you get rid of Sunday ticket? Do you stop playing fantasy? Do you delete the bookmarks for the you know 
sports-based websites? Do you, what, what does it happen to be? Okay, How the, far do you take it? I mean, there's two minutes of play time and like 20 minutes of commercials. I mean, you got 20 minutes to study in between each play. Yeah, exactly. And football. Ooh, <laughs> burn. <laughs> Truth. Yeah, exactly. No, that's true. That is true. Um, so... So that's yeah, what I, I don't know. So I, I don't know if we've answered any questions or we've just dialogued, but, but I think that's a part of the fun part of scripture is, is right. we can look at, we can look at the context of scripture. We can definitely see what, what it looked like historically. And, um, and, and, um, sometimes we can bring that into a current day context and, and sometimes left and I'm adjusting your mic. Go okay. on. <laughs> and, and sometimes we've already broken the covenant and, and so it, it might not always fully fit, but uh, I definitely think that that scripture is powerful. It is living and active, and um, and all of scripture can can definitely um, teach us and bring us closer to God. And and sometimes we have to try and figure out how it fits within our world and and how it is that we can just um, be obedient and, and obey His commands. And and the idea to obey His commands. Um, is not new, um, and it is not just an Old Testament thing. In fact, it, it's very New Testament as well. Um, so although we're going to see it a lot in Deuteronomy, um, if you flip through the New Testament, you're going to see it a lot there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, um, as we look at that, uh, it, it's kind of um, our response to what God has already done in our lives. Um, and it's really our act of worship and our act of love towards God and and is there a lot that we can give him? Well, I mean, we can definitely give him our lives. Um, but if our actions um, aren't surrounded with obedience to God, then I, I can sometimes question, well, if you believe that Jesus genuinely died on the cross for your sin, then would you not be willing to do anything um, for the God who, who asks almost very little of us when it comes to um, our response through um, love and obedience. Um, but anyway, so I guess you said we got to close up soon, huh? I didn't say that, but you must have read the look on my face. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, All we're, right. we're buttoning up against some music here okay. in a minute. So with that, um, we will start to Deuteronomy 8 next week. That's um, the most we've covered in one. I know, like, what, chapter 7 was only like two podcasts? Yeah. Whoa. Man, you got. We're about to spoil these listeners. So, so how many? Uh, how, how many weeks? Ooh, oh, uh, nine is a long one. Lot. Yeah, eight, eight. I don't know. It's we'll, not we'll, bad, but okay. You know. Hey, dude, I ain't making any promises to these. No, people. no. Well, I mean, last you week people. we're like, we'll make it through the whole thing, and yeah, verse true. one, you know, after forty-five we, minutes, honestly, we could have we probably split the last part of this one up, but uh, you know, yeah. All right, chapter me, eight we'll next week. One. All right, yeah. all right, guys. Uh, until next time, bakesh.podbean.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash Bakesh. I think that's it. All right. Uh, no, it's Bakesh Pod oh. on Facebook. Okay. Maybe. See, now you just sent them to the wrong place. Yeah, you know, they'll find us. Okay. Oh. See you guys. All right, bye. <laughs>